Welcome, welcome, everybody. It is the Sports Memory Overreactions podcast, and today we are overreacting to week nine of the NFL season. Today we are joined, as always, by Mr. Brandon Brister. Also joining us today is the great Derek Black. If you like what you hear today, please subscribe to us, follow us, share us with your friends. Let's get right in on this. Week 9 of the NFL season. Fuck Saints. I think it's an overreaction, guys. Um, I You can't count out Brady. Come on. How many times have we counted out Brady in his career? I'm not counting out Brady, but in order to catch them, I mean, New Orleans has to lose. I, I know. What, what I'm saying is... That, what Brady does is he has games like this and he bounces back stronger than ever the very next week. Um, we've seen it already multiple times this year. Uh, I still like the Bucks as a team, you know, as a, as a whole. Now, I, I think that Brady can be a liability at times, but I just, I have faith in Brady and what he's able to do, and I really do have faith in that defense. Um, you know, I... I yeah, but, but Drew, here, here's, the, here's the reality of the situation there. Um, New Orleans is now in the driver's seat to win the number one seed in the bye. I think, you know, you either got Green Bay or Seattle, who's number two. That means um, that means Tampa Bay is going to have to go through uh, either go go visit either Philadelphia, Green Bay or Seattle. Right. Um, but so I, I think that's bad news for Tom Brady to go to any of those places on the road. Sure. But we're um, talking about a completely different climate. It's not like Brady's necessarily comfortable in Tampa Bay. It's not like he's dominated in the Tampa Bay State. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like New England, where in Foxborough, Brady owns that shit. Uh, this is a completely di- different situation. If he goes to Seattle, there's not going to be any crowds. So there's a completely different situation in the 2020. He might actually benefit from the 2020 format, you know, where he's not going to go into these loud stadiums. Um, but I think, you know, home away, I, I still like the Bucks' chances, man. I-, I-, I bet on talent, and I'm betting on that the talent of that team. Um, now their matchups with the Saints and especially Bruce Arians, you know, coaching abilities against the Saints. That's what I doubt um, because you know I, I I worry about the coaching more more than anything. Um, so I, yeah, so I don't want to put this on Arians. I want to put this a little bit more. I mean, offensive coordinators always get thrown under the bus, so I'm going to keep that consistent. I mean, you got to question what Leftwich is doing. He seemed to not really have a plan. It seems to, to differ possession to possession. There seems to be absolutely no rhythm. The, you know, chemistry with really any of the wide receivers hasn't happened. Some of that can be, you know, relying on injuries. But, I mean, I think I think it's more of a Leftwich and a game planning thing um, than, it, than it might be anything Arians is doing. Could be. Could be. Yeah, uh, there's a lot to Brown non-factor. Yeah, you know, though, uh, we were talking about it. Um, I was I was predicting modest results. Uh, I I don't know. I I still have I still have faith in that guy. And I think he's going to be just kind of a a safety valve for Tom Brady, which he needs desperately um, because he's, you know, 40. What is he? 43 or 42? 43. 43 years old. Like it's it's insane. It's it's insane that they were ever, you know, it's insane that we were ever excited about this team. Quite frankly, <laughs> another team that yeah, continues he, to su- going to be up or down. Uh, there, there, there's there's no need to be excited about Antonio Brown or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the rest of the season. <laughs> <laughs> overreaction. That's that's what the pod that's is. Overreaction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but let's go ahead and overreact. Uh, speaking of, you know, uh, this is a guy. This is a team that Brandon has not been high on. 
Uh, last week during the same exact pod, Derek predicted that, predicted that this team would win the division. And that prediction is looking damn good right now, although Buffalo did win again, so they didn't close the gap there at all. But the Dolphins just keep getting it done. And, you know, they, they have one of these teams that they're scrappy, uh, their defense makes these plays, and sometimes you think that it can't keep up, but they continue to do it. What is going right for this Dolphins team, and where, where is, what is the ceiling for this team? Yeah, I'll, so, I'll, let, I'll let the Dolphins expert here chime in. So you get Flores, who is great coach from the Belichick, from the Belichick tree. Um, so you get a team that is producing in all three phases, and that's really – I mean, I think that their secret is they produce – and they try to take an advantage in all three phases of the game. Um, they're, they're you know plus on special teams, they're plus on defense, and their offense has been good enough. Um, and they make the move to Tua. Tua looks a complete 180 from last week. Uh, obviously, last week is, is about as bad a performance as you could possibly have. So they come into week nine, and, and he looks decent. He looked, he looked really good at times. Uh, decisive with the football, you could tell he looked more comfortable. Is the offense going to carry this team? No, but I don't think it has to. Again, right. I think they're a team that's going to be productive in all three phases of the game. Yep. And just to and remind you, they, they were four and a half point dogs. They actually started as six point dogs. Um, this game, uh, this team, I, I think they thrive at the underdog role, you know? Yeah. And it makes you consistent when you when you bring it in all phases. Um, it's You're not reliant on one unit to get the job done. You know, Somebody else can pick up the slack. Brandon, any changes to your thoughts on the Dolphins? This team's going to go as far as the defense goes. Um, while Tua was impressive, you know, he was equally unimpressive last week. So I'm, I'm not I'm not going to over, you know, I get to choose when I get to overreact, and I'm not going <laughs> to overreact to Tua's one performance. Um, and it was it was a fun game, but Tua doesn't scare me. No one on the run uh, running attack scares me. And honestly, they have pretty mad receivers in Devontae Parker and Preston Williams. So, I mean, I, I don't think, again, they're running out a formula that can be repeatable over a long stretch of a season. So, yeah, in my mind, they're still kind of a flash in the pan. And, uh, you know, they, they're kind of having a stretch the Carolina Panthers did. The Carolina Panthers had me all, you know, hot and bothered thinking they were going to make the playoffs. They're three and six. Um, it, it wouldn't shock me, you know, here in, in a month if, you know, we're talking to the Dolphins and they finish seven and nine. Um, after being eight and three, if the Dolphins make the playoffs, any doubt Brian Flores de- deserves Coach of the Year? Any doubt? Number two pick in the draft last year. Um, I mean, he who- definitely would have to be up there. But yeah. uh, when, when the Steelers go sixteen and zero, Mike Tomlin's going to win that. Has anybody uh, done more with less than the Miami Dolphins this year? I mean, they are. I I I don't know, man. I I think Brian Flores is a fine coach. Uh, Mike Tomlin sh- won eight games with an aquatic animal at quarterback. <laughs> do you remember? Do you, yeah, and you wanted him gone. Do you remember last year? <laughs> do you remember last year when people were saying that the Dolphins were the worst roster in the history of the NFL, um, and they were scrapping together? A lot of people were not excited about Brian Flores, by the way, Inclu- myself included, by the way. Um, I, I thought it was a desperate grab from the Billichek coaching tree. Um, I didn't really think a lot of them, to be honest. Uh, mostly because I didn't really know a lot about him. Everything that I'm hearing, everything that I'm seeing about Brian Flores, I like this guy more and more every day. Um, another guy that I really, really like, Rule, out of Carolina. And uh, so that's that was another game, obviously, you know, that took place last week. The Carolina Panthers, man, they have been another one of these scrappy teams that nobody expected anything out of. 
But uh, they could have beaten the Chiefs last week. And that is in... Can I make one more point on Arizona before we jump into this game? No way. Absolutely, of course. I think think Arizona can lose to anyone and beat anyone in the NFL. In my mind, they it would not surprise me if they sneak into the playoffs and absolutely like upset a number two or number three seed. Um, I think every one of their games completely is dictated by the turnover battle. Yep. Because uh, their defense is not good. It's not going to be good on consistent drives. You're going to be able to sustain a drive against them. But if we're, they get lucky and, and intercept a couple balls or force a couple fumbles, they might win that game because they're not going to stop scoring. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I, nail you nailed it right there, Derek. If I was playing the Cardinals, you know, if I'm if I'm if I'm the Packers or I'm the Seahawks and I'm a number two or three seed, as I just kind of laid out for Tampa Bay, I'm terrified of the Cardinals um, because their ceiling is so high. Yeah, but their floor is so low. They lost yeah. to the Lions. They honestly yep. they they got they got outplayed by the Lions and they got outplayed by the Dolphins. What does that say to you about this team? To me, it says that their offense, like I've been saying it since he was hired, Cliff Kingsbury's offense, it's great for some games, but it fails ultimately. And it's going to fail hard in the playoffs. I'm telling you, it's going to fail so hard in the playoffs because gimmicky systems like that, you know, they work out. It's kind of like, you know, the Ravens, the Ravens, they can they can make Lamar Jackson look like one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play in the regular season. But when the postseason comes around, they... They get exposed, and I really think that's what's going to happen to the to the pan, to uh, Carol uh, the Cardinals. It's interesting that you bring that up because I, I think that there's a lot of similarities between the Ravens and the Cardinals. Yeah, um, and we'll, I was going to talk about this later, but I, I makes kind of a good you know discussion point now. Um, the Cardinals' success is so tied to Kyler Murray because of the way that offense operates, and because they have no defense. Where right. Kyler Murray has a bad game there's nothing for them. There's no ability for them to overcome that. They can't, they don't sustain the run very well. Typically. And I think it's similar to the Ravens. The Ravens can run with anybody, but if they get behind, they don't have the ability like a Casey or like a Pittsburgh to fight their way back to keep, you know, to come back once they go behind, once they fall behind and they have to get one dimensional and start throwing the ball, they just, they can't do it. Right. Yeah. It's still must see TV right now, Arizona Cardinals and, you know, a non-biased opinion are the most fun team to watch on a weekend or week out basis. Cause you're either going to see them absolutely um, implode or absolutely explode. The bucks, um, it, the bucks are very similar to that. Wouldn't you agree? I mean, they, the, the bucks on a week to week basis, you ne- you never know. It's like tuning in and just watching like, Oh, what am I going to see? Is it going to be road it's like kill? When game of Thrones was good, right? You're right. Like, Holy shit. This has a potential to be the greatest <laughs> thing I've ever watched. Anything uh, could happen. Four touchdowns Anything from Brady or four interceptions. Anything can happen. Exactly. Anything can happen. Honestly, that's that's how the NFL has been all year, um, and I'm I'm here for it. Uh, there sure. are teams that just you didn't think were going to be competitive, and that's every year with the NFL. But uh, like I was saying, um, Matt Rule and the Carolina Panthers can't say enough about this team. This is a team that's going to be good for a really long time because I don't even think they have their quarterback yet, uh, but. Teddy Bridgewater, man, he looks, he does, he, he's scrappy, and he's a good transition guy. So they can go out and kind of scope in the later rounds, maybe try and find like a Dak Prescott, you know, somebody that will eventually replace Bridgewater. But, man, if they can almost win these big games like against the Chiefs, um, I, I, I just, they, that is not a talented roster at all. Like not even a little bit of a talented no, roster. Their offensive line, like I honestly, I, they're doing better than I thought they were because their their offensive line play is terrible. Right. 
Um, and we knew that going into the season that they were going to be poor. Um, and they're just as advertised. They're, they're terrible. You know, McCaffrey goes down for a long period of time. Who thought that they had anything else on that roster? Uh, for everybody that went out and scooped up Mike Davis. The, he kind of held down the fort. Now McCaffrey's back, or is he back? He's got a shoulder issue now. Uh, but he, coming off that injury, looked just as good as, as he ever has. Caught the ball out of the backfield really well. Um, they have the right things there, and I think you're right with Teddy Bridgewater. I think he can provide a bridge to something else. Uh, obviously, they're not too big on Will Greer, um, so they probably go to the draft again. Right. So, yeah, uh, the, the Panthers, to me, uh, they've lost five out of their six games by one score or less, right? So in, in my mind, there's two reasons for that. It's either X's and O's or Jimmy's and Joe's. And right now, I mean, if you if you look at some, if, if you look at the Chargers, if you look at the Broncos, they're losing because the X's and O's. The, the Carolina Panthers are losing because of the Jimmy's and Joe's. They just don't have the talent right now to compete. So, you know, with this free agency, they have they have a lot of cap space. They're going to have good draft picks. They can definitely build their roster to be competitive next year and turn a lot of these one-score gate losses into one-score or multiple-score wins. Oh, that was your best line of the year. You've had some good ones, but that was your best line of the year. Can you say it again? Can you say it again? It's either X's and O's. Teams lose one score games <laughs> for a multitude of reasons. <laughs> or it's, it's Jimmy and Joe's. The and O's or the Jimmy's and Joe's. The Jimmy's and Joe's. The only other better no, one I is. I agree with you. Yeah. 100%. Every character needs a uh, origin story. <laughs> is Barry Sanders the origin story for the Madden cover course, curse? I think maybe. All right. <laughs> uh, okay. That was, uh, that was Brandon's <laughs> previously best line of the year. But, uh. Yes, very good. Uh, I, no, I, I get what you're saying, 100%. Um, and yeah, there's just a talent gap on that team yep. that I think an off-season can solve, ultimately, yep. is where, where I was getting at. They're an off-season way of being a very competitive team because I feel like they have the infrastructure in place. They, they, they have a, a capable quarterback. They have an absolute all-pro in Christian McCaffrey, and they seem to have a budding star at quarterback. Or at co- you know at their at their head coach. When you have those three factors, you have the infrastructure to build a team that can put go on a decent run. And they have a wide receiving core that is way it's outperforming what I thought it was on paper going into the season. Um, you didn't really see a true number one, but they're they haven't really needed one. They've had Samuel and Moore kind of split that load, and and one of them has a huge week and is kind of the featured target depending on matchup. And I, I think that's sustainable. Imagine Two if twos can get it done sometimes. Imagine if they still had Luke Keekley. Like just oh, yeah. last year, Luke Keekley was all pro level. Like, man, if they still had a guy like that, that that team could be really good right now. I don't know. Um and, and if Christian McCaffrey doesn't get hurt all year, how many games do they win? Um, by the way, that's one of the stories of the week, fantasy wise. Uh, Christian McCaffrey could miss multiple weeks again with a shoulder injury. Um I've been saying it for a while, and I've kind of expected this. He's a small frame guy, and things that start to break down on a on a running back and wide receiver, um, any guy that takes a lot of impact, it, are joints like ankles, uh, shoulders. And I'm not saying this has already happened to Christian McCaffrey. I'm really not. But I am taking notice because this is something that I've been calling since the beginning. I said he was very Re- Reggie Bush-like in his durability, even though that wasn't the case in college, it really wasn't the case with Reggie Bush either. But in the NFL, it's a different game. 
Um, I worry about Christian McCaffrey's durability going forward. Any thoughts on that? I would Man, be worried too. I, I think it's just such a a brutal position. I don't think this is it has anything to do with Christian McCaffrey. I just think it's the toll that that position takes. Uh, I think we're going to get into this debate either today or or later in the week's pod. But I think we kind of all agree that Delvin Cook is the best running back in the league. Dot dot dot. When he's on the field, um, again, we're talking about different kind of. You're you're talking about different injuries between DC and CMC. But again, it's just that um, it's it's a volatile volatile position that uh, I don't think stands the test of time for no matter how you run. So uh, it's going to. So something I just thought of is so you have Mike Davis who who performed well. Uh, running back's a position where you, you can draft a guy late. You can bring a guy in for relatively cheap. There's not really a premium of that position today. Do you consider moving Christian McCaffrey to extend his career, move him into the slot because he's a capable receiver? No. Or do you just try to run it out and, and say, hey, we might only get three or four more years out of this guy and just milk it? I mean, that's what his contract is, I think. Uh, yeah. I think you got to put him in a position that he makes the most plays, and that's definitely running back. Um, definitely. You, you want to maximize potential. You don't want to risk – maximizing potential for long-term benefits that still isn't promised. I think you have to maximize regardless what the shelf life is. So putting him in any position that isn't his best position isn't doing himself or yourself any services. Yeah. And honestly, the only, the only position, not a bad you, idea there. the only position you really do do that at is quarterback, right? Like, like, and obviously I'm not talking about moving him to different things, but if you can do something for your quarterback to make him last a little bit longer, like maybe not, 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 you see what I'm saying? Where I think, I think with other positions, you got, if McCaffrey's explosive as a running back, you got to keep him as a running back because he wins you games that way. Um, If, if it's going to take, you know, there's no guarantee that it's going to shorten his shelf life. So I don't think you can play that based on, you know, uncertainty. Because I mean, from, from a fan perspective, outside perspective, you kind of see the writing on the wall, and it's like, man, this guy might be out of the league in two years, and it's you know sad. Yep. Can the Vi- can the Vikings make a run of the playoffs this year? Yes, I think I said that last week. Yeah, I hundred percent think they can. Um, the backside of their schedule is not intimidating, um, and with the expanded playoff field, I think ten and six is extremely possible. Um, and I and I think ten and six gets you in for sure. Nine and seven might even get you in with the expanded field. Um, and now there's a proposition that the owners have agreed to where if the regular season gets cut short for any reason, they're going to let half the league in. So I would take the the bet on the Vikings making the playoffs. Absolutely. Yeah, they- I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer your question with a question, Drew. Can Kirk Cousins put a run together? Because if your answer is yes, then I think that answer is yes. I think if your answer is no, then I think your answer is no. I, I think Kirk Cousins is steering this ship, and I have no faith in him. So I, I, so I don't I would, think he is steering the ship. Is he steering the from, ship? Since Dalvin came back, I think he's second seat to Dalvin. If he can compliment Dalvin and, and throw the ball off play action, which is Kirk Cousins' strength, like let's not let's let's call it what it is. His strength is off the play action. So if Dalvin is running the ball well, uh, Kirk Cousins, you get all the benefit and in, in the, the you know the, the pluses of Kirk Cousins. You take away his liability if he's throwing the ball you know thirty times a game. If you can keep Kirk Cousins at twenty attempts or less. I guarantee the Vikings make the playoffs. 
Yeah, they've yeah, definitely they not been Dalvin Cook against the Colts, and look what happened. I mean, how many other games did you know they they had Dalvin Cook against the Packers? This is what a this, I mean, is a, this Cousins is a Cousins lost in those games. These are completely different. It's a different, completely different time in the season. They've since brought up rookies uh, that have been performing on the offensive line that have made this team a completely different running team. Um, yep. So it, it's a completely different situation now. Uh, when Kirk Cousins, Kirk, can Kirk Cousins put together a run? He absolutely can. He's shown that multiple times in his career. Uh, he just did last year. Uh, f- about six games in the year, people were counting the Vikings out, and then he made a run. Um, Kirk Cousins can 100% put together, but it's not going to be on the on the back of Kirk Cousins if they make the playoffs. It's going to be on the back of this improved defense, which has gotten better over the season, um, and uh, Dalvin Cook, who's the best running back in the NFL. Um yeah, too too many too many ifs for me. If Dalvin can stay healthy, if Kirk can continue to play well, if those rookies don't hit a rookie wall, again, there's just too many. Ifs. Look at look at their schedule. Like that, yeah. that to me is is what it comes down to. Look Dal- at their schedule. Dalvin Cook is only missed. They, they have they have Chicago twice. I think they take at least one of those. They have the Cowboys who they're going to beat. They have the Panthers who they'll beat. They have the Jaguars who they'll beat. They have the Saints who they'll probably lose to. The Lions who they'll beat, and the Buccaneers who. Depending on what Bucks team shows up, that that, that could, we can't pencil it in either way there either. Dalvin, so, you, you just Dalvin, told me two definite losses and a potential third loss. I think that two. I think, I think they. I think. They, I think. I think they go. They lose two games down the stretch. But Dalvin Cook's injury issues are overplayed. They absolutely are. Eight games missed in the last three years. Eight games. Uh, the majority of those games were missed the season directly after his ACL surgery, where he encountered a lot of soft tissue issues. His injury issues are 100% overplayed. Uh, he missed two games last year. He's missed one game this year. Uh, he missed a crucial quarter in the Seattle game. That sucked. They lost because of that. But Dalvin Cook's injury issues are 100% overplayed. I mean, they, they've been a lot of soft tissue things, bad luck things, but they're not like knee issues like Todd Gurley has seen or like structural issues with his body. So I think the injury issues, they really are. I think they're over-exaggerated. So I don't think that's going to be the problem. It's going to be about keeping their offensive line healthy. I think they go 6-2 and down the stretch and 9-7 and gets them in expanded field. I can't can't buy in on the Vikings just because of everything that I've seen with them and uh, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, but I I don't know. It is intriguing. Their schedule is very easy down the stretch. I've looked it over. The only losses I see on there are Bucks and Saints. Straight up. So who, who who are they getting in over, Derek? That, that that's who I. You think they're going to get in over the Rams, Cardinals, or Bucks? Because I don't you, think they're getting in over any three of those teams. You literally you said know? you just said like two weeks ago. You think they're better than the Rams? They are. Yeah, I mean, I, they are better I, than the Rams. I, I think the Rams are better than the Vikings. I don't think the Rams are very good, but I think they're. Be- I think I think the Rams are better than. Uh, than the Vikings, yes. I, I do not. You just said differently just two weeks ago, literally. But anyways, um, <laughs> the Bills, b- biggest upset of the week by f- Well, no, it wasn't an upset, uh, but the Bills beat the Seahawks um, in a convincing fashion, uh, a game that I have really not seen out of Russell Wilson maybe in his entire career. He looked fallible, and the Seahawks were looking, were letting him cook, and he was turning it over. Uh, the Seahawks, I think they turned it over four total times. Um, what were you guys' thoughts on this game? I, to me, it took me completely by surprise. I, I, w- I was calling them as as a big win. 
prior to the I game. I thought this was going to be a close game uh, just because Josh Allen needs to get going again. And he, he was due for, you know, kind of a bounce back week. And if you're going to bounce back, throwing the ball, it's against Seattle, which is crazy to say, but they've been terrible against the pass. Um, so I kind of expected Josh Allen to, b- to bounce back. Um, I was not surprised. I was, I was definitely surprised to see that this is how they lost. I mean, they lost because Russell Wilson's play, mm-hmm. which how often have you said that in his time in the NFL? Like two or three times total, maybe. And not since like his first, second year, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So I, I was really surprised in how they lost. Uh, not super surprised in the fact that they lost. I thought it was kind of a coin flip game. Um, but man, Russell Wilson didn't look good, but he's going to bounce back. He still threw for 390 yards. Uh, the turnovers were a big problem there. Pressure was a problem. He's good. He gets sacked five times. Um, he's going to bounce back. The Seahawks are going to be fine. I, they're still the best team in that division. There's no issues there. Aren't players allowed to have bad weeks? I mean, we, we've seen Mahomes lay an egg. We've seen right. Brady lay an egg. We, we've seen Rodgers lay an egg. It was inevitable. Nobody's going to put 16 games in a row. So, and, and even with that, it needed to be a perfect storm. For those that listen to uh, our gambling podcast on Sundays, this was my lock of the week. Um, they, Which by, they, I knew that Buffalo was going to win. It's, it's, uh, it's actually it was my <laughs> fault. I mean, honestly, put it on me. Uh, but th- this was it, this was it had to be a perfect storm. Russell had to p- play the worst game he's played all year. Josh Allen had to play his best game of the year, despite having a lot of best games. It was a perfect storm. Uh, absolutely nothing to glean from this game. Buffalo isn't that good. Seattle isn't that bad. Next week, water will find its level. Yeah, I actually agree with all these points. Um, I think I think a Seahawks defense is always going to be a liability, uh, and it just kind of shows you what happens if Russell Wilson isn't firing on all syllable uh, cylinders. But when is Russell Wilson not firing on all cylinders? That's the thing. Um, Russell Wilson is, to me, the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Um, and it's it's him and Mahomes one and one a. Uh, but yep. uh, if dude, I mean, if it, just regardless of age, who I'd take right now and how they're playing, I'd take Russell Wilson because Mahomes has really looked flawed at times during this year. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, before we get to the Ginzer game, do want to talk about it? Uh, the Ravens looked really good against a really good defense. Um, Philip Rivers continues to just look terrible and a liability for the Colts. Uh, what were you guys' thoughts on that on that loss by the Colts this week? I mean, they, I, I feel like I that it was a defining win for recovery, both teams. I thought that fumble recovery was a metaphor for Phillip Rivers' season. Yeah. Uh, he's on his back, flailing, looking out of place like he doesn't belong on a football field. Um, and that's just really – it's sad that's where it's at, but we, we've we all been on that page since, since the season started. We saw – Two years ago, he started showing signs of it. Last year, he looked really bad at the end of the season. He just doesn't have the arm strength anymore. Right. His mechanics have never lend themselves to efficient, you know, throwing of the football. Uh, so as soon as that arm strength starts to go, I mean, he's he's just terrible. Um, and they have to win despite him. And they have a they have a really talented deep roster. It sucks to see. I mean, at what point do you to turn the reins over and say, all right, Jacoby, see what you can do. Oh, the the indie media is already running Philip Rivers in out of town. They they they, they have they should com- can't blame them. They should they, they have completely turned on him, and I don't know what took him this long. Honestly, uh, you know we we I the Ravens didn't beat the Colts. The Ravens beat Philip Rivers. Uh, I I don't know how many times us three need to say that or even belabor on it, 
Um, the Colts played well that like if 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 the Colts don't turn that ball the ball over as many times as they did, I think the Colts win that game. Um, you know, I, I think the it's hard to say that in a pretty convincing 24 to 10 game, but I watched that. I watched the local game here and I think the Colts were the better team. They were just playing with a guy absolutely going against them. So I came away less impressed with the Ravens and just really kind of the, the Colts need to make a change. I'm with you, Derek. Um, Phillip rivers, isn't going to bring that team to to where they're going to go and if they want any hope they have to make a change they they absolutely yeah. they have to yeah that's and the even, it just it gives you more depth even if you go so you, you plug in Jacoby Brissett right now he's not a great passer there's a reason why he's a backup but at least you get the added dimension of his of his his mobility he will at least not gives you something more you. he will not beat you no you know, if 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 Jac- so if Jacoby goes you know let's say Jacoby goes they're not going to throw the ball 43 times with Jacoby um, like they did on Sunday, but say he goes 18 for 35 with, you know, zero turnovers and 185 yards. I bet the sc- the score of that game is probably closer to 14, seven, 17, 10. And you just it's took a running of- back in the first round. Yeah. Put the, put it, put it on his shoulders. Yep. Yeah. Uh, for me, and I don't mean to get all Colin Cowherd on us right now, but uh, for me, that's what the Colts are going through because Phillip rivers is this like likable guy. Um, he really is. Like, if you watch him in interviews, you watch everything that the guy does, he, he's really likable. And when he was good, he was really, really likable. But now, it's like you're kind of, like, dating your best friend. You know, you're having a good time. Uh, you're having fun together. Yeah, it is. It's a call. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to do the cowherd take. But, it, but you're, now that you've been dating, like, they're more into it than you are. You know, and so it's, like, awkward. Like, do you cut it off? Like, is it going to make things weird with your friendship afterwards? Like, to me, that's what's going on with the Colts. Because I I agree. I mean, the problem is clear in Indianapolis. It's their quarterback. And they won games last year with the backup. So, to me, it's an obvious decision. Uh, I think franchise... What are they paying, Phil Burvitt? I think they're paying, like, $25 million a year this year. 25.3. So, so maybe it's an ego check. I'm not really sure. To me, it's so obvious. They got to move on. They got to move on like right now. Uh, look what the Cowboys did this week with a guy they picked up off the streets. Like yep. you're, t- you're telling me that Garrett Gilbert couldn't be better in Indianapolis than Phillip River. I dude, I 100% would take Garrett Gilbert over Phillip Rivers right now. So uh, that's how low I think of, of Philip Rivers. So, yeah, I think it's an awkward situation with, with Indy, and I think there's some egos that are keeping him in play. And we've talked about you know, with other running backs who, who play with terrible quarterbacks, I think they could get the running game more just by taking Philip Rivers out because the threat to throw the ball more than 30 yards exists. Right? Yep. It's true. Absolutely. But other than that, uh, Tennessee just absolutely annihilates Chicago. Is Chicago done? We we're talking about teams that the Vikings are better than, and I think the Vikings are definitely better than Chicago, and I still don't think the Vikings are making the playoffs. I think you just go to the Dennis Green clip with Chicago. They are who we thought they were. Yeah. Right? Like Nobody had high hopes coming into the season with Chicago. All of us saw what they were doing, and, and Drew, you've been the most consistent person on the Bears. Every week, they're not that good. Bears, they're not that good. Every every win, you were saying they're not that good. Um, yeah, they, they are who they thought we thought they were. Um, and Drew, you never it's let them off the to hook. See a team waste a <laughs> generational talent's prime the way that Cleo Mack is rotting in Chicago. Yeah, 
He's rotting for sure. And yes, the Chicago is done. Even when I was so down on the Vikings, I was like, this team is going to win four games. I was like, they'll go 2-0 against Chicago. Never had faith in this team. Uh, Nick Foles, I mean, they got a really good defense. But other than that, David Montgomery is not a good running back. Uh, Nick Foles is not a starting quarterback in this league. God bless Allen Robinson. Probably going to put up another 1,000-yard season with another dud quarterback. But, man, I just I, Matt Nagy's got to go. He's Dude, Matt Nagy's got to go. This team is talented enough. I don't know what the fuck happened with Nagy. He looked like a genius just two years ago, taking a rookie, Mitch, Mitch Trubitsky, to 13 wins. What happened to that team? What happened to the, whatever spark they had? I don't know. But you got to blame coaching at this point. Yep. And if you know a Bears fan, just remind them that they could have had Patrick Mahomes. It's true. They love hearing it. They love hearing it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, I think that's it. Any closing thoughts? Uh, just one thing on the Steeler game. Um, you'd rather lose a game you play terrible in than, uh, or you'd rather win a game you play terrible in than lose a game. Like everyone's free, like Pittsburgh's eight no, but they're not the best team. Look what Seattle just did. Look at some of the games that, like the the Chiefs lost to the Raiders. Like look at of all these teams, and you can say, you know, you're allowed to have a bad game. The fact that the Steelers played their worst game and still won told me more about the Steelers. Than, than almost than some of their other games where they blew out teams earlier in the year. So uh, the the Steelers actually showed me a lot in their close win. And I mean, and they have the benefit of a pathetic schedule. Just correct. Out, right? I mean, the, the first eight were were easy. Uh, the back eight are easier. Yeah, close wins. By the way, close wins like in, in, inching past a win. Very overrated to, to say that a team that's done that all year has is not a good team. I'm telling you. A win in the NFL is a win in the NFL, regardless of who it is, whether it's by three points against the shitty Cowboys. Because when you're that team, when you're this 8-0 team, you're the only undefeated team in the in the league. Every team is is looking at this like they're Super Bowl. So the Cowboys prepare for this game. Mike McCarthy's fighting for his life, literally. He's fighting for his fucking job. Yeah. You, you start seeing punt throwbacks across the field. You yep. start seeing you know those kind of plays that, uh, trust me, I've seen plenty of over the last... 20 years. <laughs> There's no guarantee in the NFL, especially at the coaching position. Um, and Mike McCarthy's fighting for his job there. So they gave everything they had at the, at the Steelers. They caught him off guard a little bit early. And the Steelers prevailed. You can't take away from a team just because of their schedule. And they're still 8-0. But you guys saw it all over ESPN, all over oh, yeah. everyone. Everyone's trying to take shots at the Steelers. I get yeah, it. Steelers are, are barely a top five team. Yep. I would still take these three teams over the Steelers. Like... Really, you're going to take a team that lost to the Raiders at home? You know, you're, you're going you're gonna to pick a team that, you know, got blown out by so-and-so? Like, you can pick apart the other top teams in the league, and they've lost. So that, that was my thing about the Steelers. Like, I read everything on Twitter, listened to everything on all the networks, and I couldn't disagree with them more. Um, so I'm glad you guys are on the similar page. I don't think there's a definitive good team in the league this year. Uh, I think there's a cluster up at the top. I don't think just because the Steelers are eight zero, they're they're you know unequivocally better than these other teams. But you can't say and put to your point like you can't put other teams ahead of them just because the Steelers look bad against the Cowboys. It's like great. So what was the worst game that that other team played? Right? Who did they lose to? Uh, because everybody else has a loss on their schedule. Yep. 
My closing remarks are, it has been a long time since I've seen a quarterback and wide receiver as in sync as Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. It truly is something special. And if you have Devontae Adams in fantasy, God bless you. He is. There's like to that point where it's it's like prime Brady Gronk, where it's nonverbal at this point. There's like, no just know what's going on. There's no stopping those guys. And uh, if Aaron Rodgers can keep it rolling, he's had these shitty games. But man, I I really do fear the Packers in the playoffs. I I I I, I fear that duo, and I just woo, man. Anyways, all right, guys. Thank you so much. Have a great night. See you. All righty, guys. I think we...